still crooked. It's okay. We're going to have to go Sorry, on. Sorry, we're going to be a little crooked today. Um, I tried to fix it, but seeing it from this angle is way different from the angle that I like tried to adjust it at. So I apologize. We're, we're like on the Titanic and we're sinking. Yeah, we're at least kind of straight here. So, you know. Hey, welcome to Talk Comics to me. It's uh, Champ Champenstein. Me. That's me. I'm Heather. And uh, we're here to talk about comics. I did want to, I wanted to try something. Do it. Okay, so we're going into the last few weeks being at the shop in this mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what your favorite legend memory is. Mine? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, so I don't have like... I'll have to think about like my my old. I mean, favorite. we can do it again. Like I figure we'll I just do it the next. I have two of them right now. Okay. Well, it's like I figure we do one next week too. Okay. So in the week after that, because we got three weeks left. My first free comic book day when we sang Whitney Houston together. Um, love that. Uh, and then my other one was when Derek Witt and I were in the basement going through all those moldy comics, and we got fucked up from the mold, <laughs> and we were just laughing at everything that. One of my favorite moments. I've really felt like I bonded with like Derek specifically then. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was very, very good. I loved it. I loved getting high with my friends in the basement with Dangerous Mold. <laughs> uh, good. But yeah, good. What about yours? Um, the one I've been thinking about the most is because like it's part of like what made me like probably start working there like in the long run. Mm-hmm. But it was. Um, the first time RC invited me out mm-hmm. to drink with like him and PJ and like become like part of the like legend legion like yeah. become part of the legend family stuff because it was like Chris was in Japan or Nantucket one of those two places he was out of town okay regardless like, or Nantucket <laughs> well he went on to both of those places the same summer right but I had gone there on a like a Wednesday to still like grab my books and like read in the coffee shop and stuff and yeah just like both PJ and RC just made me feel like super welcome and I was just like okay I do really like this Good. place and yeah. then when they asked me I was like hell yeah like Good. I'm becoming part of the thing now yeah little did I know then You'd be stuck there for a while. <laughs> I'd be here now. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to do those the next few weeks just to... Yeah. Because it's nice to think about that. Even though, like, we're not done, we're going to be somewhere else. It's just, like, the space still holds, like, memories. A lot of memories, yeah. yeah. Um, just another one off the top of my head, the very first time that I spoke to Wit, um, it was before I had even started working there, and I only remember this because he was wearing his KMFDM hat. Yeah. Um. I needed to get a box for comics and I'd never put one together before. And I just said, help me. I don't know how to do this. And he said, I got you, girl. <laughs> and uh, that was it. Even though it's not my favorite memory, it is like the best worst memory is when like one of the first shifts I worked with Wit and he made me listen to Rush for eight hours. Yeah, multiple, multiple times. And I felt like I could, was not allowed to say anything because I was new. I'm, I'm glad you have that memory too. Yeah, I mean, because that was like, I had to been like my second shift mm-hmm. or third shift with Wit. And, mm-hmm. and he like played music. He's like, do you mind if I play music? And I was like, of course not. Mm-hmm. You know me, I don't care. And then eight hours of Rush later, I was like, what, like four songs. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can ever listen to Rush or any music ever again. Yeah. But yeah, we'll keep doing it. We'll we'll continue our memories next week. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. But we are here <laughs> we now are here. to talk comics with you. Um, so 
that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to kick it off with good boy. This is uh, issue number two. This is a Source Point Press story. Um, this is a, about a dog whose human is killed in a very violent way, and he decides to exact revenge by hunting down the person who had done it. The dogs in this talk, and they fire guns. Um, this is as dogs do. Yeah. This issue in particular, uh, he he kind of gets a lead. He goes to a friend, a mutual friend of like everyone. He's like uh, Switzerland for all of the people within this crime city, I guess. Uh, he goes there, gets a lead from him, and makes his next move. There's a, a dog in here that reminds me of Edna from The um, Incredibles. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, very, very cute. Um, I love that a lot of the dogs that are in the background always are, like, they have their tongues out, they're panting and stuff, because sometimes, just because of how the story goes, you forget that this is a dog. Yeah. This dog talks, he kills, he's violent, he is very, as you said, John Wick. It's just John Wick, but if John Wick was a dog. I love this story. Opposite John Wick. Yes. Yeah, because his dog dies and he goes after that and he kills the hungry joy. Right? Yeah, I Is mean, that- I haven't seen John Wick in several years. Yeah, I just remember. And honestly, I feel like I kind of just blacked that movie out yeah. of my head because I was like, yeah, I watched it. That's fair. But yeah, so it's opposite John Wick. <laughs> That's a good description of yeah. anything. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it. It's very silly um, while also just having a very strong story. Yeah. It's, you yeah. like that? Yeah, the lengths that you would go to protect your human. As a dog. <laughs> okay. Um, the next few books, next couple of books I haven't read, and then one book I'm going to talk about I don't have. <laughs> so this is volume two of Safe Sex. The first story arc finished in February of 2020, which, surprise, was almost two years ago. Yeah, this year. Like, just, just so I don't know if you're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. It was almost two years ago. Two fucking years, guys. Can you believe it? Yeah, so I haven't read this yet. I feel like I probably should go back and read the first story arc again since yeah. it's been so long. Um, this also had come out a few weeks ago, but it just really flew under my radar and solicits it was not solicited very well because i for some reason just thought it was still part of that first story arc yeah we had talked about that because uh, we read the first one obviously mm-hmm. and then it, it's like they did with tomorrow where they put out like the first two issues and then released it as a trade but like didn't say anything yeah about it. so i yeah i had no idea that this was still part of that story which is why i didn't bother with it yeah so i am looking forward to reading this i did really enjoy the first story arc of safe sex um, so I will eventually get to it, but I did want to let anyone know if they, <laughs> that it existed too, if you had the same thing as mm-hmm. me, where you're just like, oh yeah, it's just part, like, part of the first thing, and then I was like, wait, the first story arc was only six issues, they wouldn't collect it in right. three issue trades, that doesn't make any sense. But it, it made sense at the time, yeah, until so. I thought about how many <laughs> issues there actually were, yes. So yes. yeah, it's a dumb, silly thing. Like I said, just bad soliciting. Um, so this is my Jack Kirby collector. This is number 81. Eventually I'll read these, but I don't know. I don't, like, there's something, I don't know why I keep getting these. Part it's of me, interesting. Like, you like those kind of, like, I do, I periodicals, do. I guess. I don't, I don't know what else to call them. Your newspapers. I have my magazines. Your, your stories. <laughs> Someday I'll read one of my magazines, mm-hmm. but 
you know, like Jack Kirby, so I don't think there's ever going to be anything that I don't like in there necessarily. Right. Um, and then the next book I have is Apache Delivery Service. I had said I wouldn't get any more Matt Kent books since he did an NFT held strong. Um, I didn't want to talk about it because I read it off the wall, but uh, it's him and Tyler Jenkins and Hillary Jenkins, so the art is really good, but it is about a Native American in Vietnam. Um, it's kind of hard to describe without like giving it all away, but right. it's like, there's just a lot of stuff happening. Does he deliver stuff? Yeah, he delivers stuff. Like dead bodies? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that Delivers is, bullets. That is one of the things that they do talk about. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know, like I told Heather earlier, and we've had like this discussion before, is just, I don't necessarily feel comfortable reading stories about Native people that are written by white people, or necessarily people who, I guess, don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm wrong about any of that, please correct me. Like, I would... You just couldn't find any information. Yeah, I couldn't find any information. I couldn't find a review on this book even. Uh, but yeah, it's just, that's a problem I kind of have with it, which is not just was it a Matt Kent book, it was also, like, the context of the book I didn't really want to read. And then, yeah, also with the, like, level of what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I'm not saying that, like, white people aren't allowed to write stories about different races. It's just... I just feel like save those stories for people who have actually experienced Yeah, it's it. not not your experience. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. And there are ways that you can do it right, but, I mean, yeah. it's not... I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. I'm just saying... It's not I, their I, bag, baby. Yeah. And if you disagree, please tell me. I don't... I don't mind either way. I just... It is it is what it is. It's what I think. That's fair. Um, My personal opinion. Sorry, I needed a drink of no, water. No, no, you're fine. I was just making sure that was the one you didn't have. Okay. Yes, so that was the one I didn't have, but now we have a book together. And this is called Daisy. This is Dark Horse. This is issue number two of five. Uh, it's about a woman whose son went missing however many years ago, and so she's in this small town trying to find him and the previous issue she gets kind of betrayed by the sheriff of the town and this goes into why she was betrayed the story with her son and then Mm -hmm. gives more background information on daisy who is part of this they don't use the word colton here they they refuse to but I'm going to use that word because that's what it is. Because people are who are in a cult never want to admit that they're in a cult. Yeah, and well, and I think Daisy's also like in a different position yes. for sure. So um, I do want to say this page absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, the I, art in this book is incredible. Yeah, I really, really, really like this story. Um, but the Daisy is one of the I guess like leaders, the voices of the the God who speaks, and the other person is father who is teaching all these kids the ways Mm -hmm. of god but there's a disconnect between the two of them that causes issues and it is kind of addressed in here uh absolutely love this book you know it's really good it's like kind it's not confusing but oddly confusing yeah oh mine's damaged oh i'm sorry why would you give me i didn't mean to i mean they were all like damaged in weird ways because there were some that like the first three were like all bent up there there's dings it's i don't i don't actually (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) i mean i guess there's this like big old 
It looks like I, someone licked it. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, we're just examining our books. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like confusing while it's also not confusing. I think there's just like a lot some, a lot going on. Uh, especially like behind the scenes and stuff. Like it's giving you hints of like what the story is about mm-hmm. without revealing anything too fast. Yeah. So I really like the suspense of it. And because I'm just, it's exciting to see how the story is unfolding. Because I read a lot of books that have like cult and post-apocalyptic type things. Mm-hmm. And while this book doesn't necessarily fit into that category, it does have that same kind of ominous feeling to yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. It's very good. An- it's- Angels and Giants. Yes. Uh, wasn't that a book by, like, Dan Brown? <laughs> I feel like it would be better. Yeah. Tom I- Hanks was in it. <laughs> Tom Hanks was in the book. Yeah. <laughs> da Vinci, all that. Da Vinci. Duvanchi. Duvanchi. Uh, I no, I'm not gonna say it. You almost got me, but I. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I was like, I will not stop you. You okay. are correct. So I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> um, this is We Don't Kill Spiders, uh, Black Caravan series, issue number three. This is about um, cults. I'm kidding. Uh, it's about uh, witchcraft and stuff. Uh, there's a there's a man named Bjorn who is investigating some murders. Hold on. Is, this isn't the Haley's Comet one, right? No, no, no. Okay. That was You Promised Me Darkness. Yes. Somebody asked me about this the other day, and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm getting all these books all fucked up in my brain. What this one was about? Yeah. So it's about uh, um, a Northman named Bjorn who is investigating uh, these murders that happen in a village. The villagers think that it's a, the local witch who is kind of an yes, outcast. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Of the town. But he realizes that she has nothing to do with it, and she can... They, they're working together to figure out what this force is. So this one, he is talking to the um, leader. I, I can't remember what his name is, but Bjorn is talking to the leader of this specific group of village of people and trying to figure out exactly what is going on with Ravina, Revna, who is the witch. Okay. She is in a deep sleep, and within her sleep, she is speaking to her god, trying to get more information because that is how she speaks to her there's a lot of betrayals in here i just i really really love this book uh it's just done really well it's creepy and it's gross but it also has a lot of um i don't know history and stuff you like yeah like norse culture and stuff It, it just has a lot of good lore within it colors are really good too yeah it's and this is her dream like this is her okay. when she's speaking to her god and like that's her god the the well i don't want to say god i'll say goddess because i'm pretty sure that's what she is referred to as in here but her group of witches uh worship spiders because of all the power that it's they hold yeah that's sick but then this is a demon that they're interrogating yeah it's very good i i enjoyed this quite a bit I'm not sure how many issues this is supposed to be, but from what how this issue sounded, it's it could be near its end, okay. like maybe five issues, six. I don't know. But if you if you like that kind of stuff, um, I would recommend it because it's like it's not hard to follow. It's quite entertaining, and it looks great. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, okay, okay. I've got Stray Dogs, Dogs, Dogs Days, Dogs Days of Wars, <laughs> Stray Dogs. Dog Days. I like that cover. Yeah. It's, it's very cute. It's the little horror movie variant. 
Scooty. Oh, Scotty. <laughs> Scotty Young. No. Um, so this is, I think, only going to be a couple issues from the way it sounds. But this takes the dogs from the first story arc and gives you, like, snippets of, like, what, how they ended up at the house. Oh, okay. Like, each of them that were there before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, I really enjoyed it. Once again, the art is really incredible. And it is funny and strange how... Is it the same team as the first yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the same team. It's funny how they just, I don't know, like, make an intriguing story about animals in this way. Like, a yeah. dog, like dogs in this way. And it's... Because each of the dogs does have, like, their own personality, for sure. Like, even within that first story arc. But also here you're seeing more of more of that. Sorry, the, that was the monkey meat. Monkey meat. Monkey oh, meat. right, right. Book preview. Uh, Look but, at all those dogs! Yeah, so, and at the end there's bunch of pictures dogs i should send them a picture of my dog yeah i thought about it but then i'm like i don't need to send a picture of my dog but yeah i'm going to i really really enjoy this book i think it's a lot of fun i think i don't feel like you have to read the first story arc to like get get what's going on here like have fun but i think this is something like if you wanted to pick up off the shelf to see if you would want to be like would want to read the first one that helps it helps but also like i don't know I loved going into Stray Dogs, like, so, like, so blind, because that book, like, was so good, and I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Right. Yeah, I think it's fun. I'm glad that they did this, because I, my whole thing was, like, I don't know how they're going to make something that's interesting after that first story arc, because it is very, like, closed and shut. And I don't, and I don't know, they could do more, but it's just it's not necessary yeah it's not necessary i I get it you want to but you don't have to sometimes you just gotta let things go right um no need to continue yeah so this is hellboy uh say bags of bones uh the bones of giants this is issue number three of four hellboy found molnir and uh uh Dude awakened the frost giant king Thrym. Thrym? 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 How do they spell it? T H R Y M. Dream. And yeah, it's just basically he comes to life and is eating villages, and like basically Molnir is like infecting. Uh, Hellboy with the power, or I guess imbuing, like Hellboy with like visions of like Thor, and he's kind of like not becoming Thor, but having that like. Thor. He's becoming Thor, so it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. He's like a vessel for Thor. Yeah, kind of, but not really. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I like it. I I do too. It was. I'm glad this was one. I was like, yeah, I'll just I'll do it. Whatever. Right. Like, I like Hellboy. I know Hellboy enough to, like, jump into it. doesn't matter. And yeah. It does not. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad you're enjoying it. Because, I mean, we discussed this last time over Hellboy. But there, I love those stories of the, there's where you can just, like, jump in and read it without yeah. having, like, any previous knowledge of, like, what's going on. Because each series that they put out is, it's it's just its own thing. As mm-hmm. long as you know Hellboy, then you can enjoy it. Yeah, and the art's really great, too. Yeah. Like, and it's, you know, it's very much, like, the art that, like, 
I always mispronounce his last name, Mignola. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like his art, but it's a completely different artist. Yeah, no, so. I, I was going to say that. That's crazy because I thought he did the art in that. Yeah, I think he does the covers. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong on that. Nope, I'm wrong on that. Okay. So. Yeah, it all looks very similar. Yeah. It's cool. Cute. Cute. Okay. All right, so now we have Once in Future. This is number 23. This is pretty deep in, but if you have not heard us talk about it before, you're a fool. We love this book. This is an absolutely incredible book. I, I loved this issue a oh lot. <laughs> There's They uh, introduce several new stories in here mm-hmm. and one of them absolutely destroyed me the the beanstalk one yeah i, I was i was so pleased over yeah because yeah. I, I was reading it i was like okay i feel like i know where this is going but then yeah i was right that's exactly <laughs> where it's yeah so they introduce um like two three new stories one of them is only hinted at but it will become more clear as mm-hmm. you know it goes on um it's we love, we love this book. Yeah, no, we this love book this is team. seriously so good every time. I know we say it every time, mm-hmm. but God, that page is so good. Yeah, I, I can't believe this book, like, 23 issues in. I don't know if I've ever, I, I know I've liked books this much, like, this deep in, but, like, at no point have I ever been like, oh, yeah, I don't really like that. I don't really want to read this. Like, I am, right. like, even Saga sometimes. I was like, eh. I have never met an issue that I did not want to read yeah. or that I disliked by the end of it. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, every that's, single that's one it. is just like, some of them are a little slower than others, but every single one, by the time it's over, it's like, whoa, that yeah. was incredible. I just keep thinking about that issue where they chopped off Boris Johnson's head. <laughs> like, that shit was wild. Yeah. Like, that shit was just, like, insane. Like, yeah, everything about this book is just so beautiful. Like, it's the art like Dan Mora and Tamara like we talk about this every time it's just like blessing yeah that creative team is like insane like how did we get how did two artists that are just like so oddly compatible like mm, love it yeah I love being on this world with both of them yeah Kieran is just such a such a good writer and so like I just, like so wide yeah. in like what what he can do the just yeah the characters we're yeah we do this every single time but it's just absolutely incredible please check it out if you haven't because it's it will not let you down Mm -hmm. it's got something for everyone in it honestly and if you're a fan of art at all then you should be yeah you'll love it that's it okay uh this is odin's eye this is issue number three this is a bad idea book um love this book absolutely love this book this one was so incredible um, in the previous issue, the main character, I can never remember her name. She is pretty much taken captive by this. The art uh, in that book is just insane. It's so good. She is, um, I forgot. Oh yeah. She is taken captive <laughs> by uh, a group of. Can I see this? Yeah. People that live in like the mountains. Um, she is not the only one who had been taken captive from another village someone else had also been captured so the priestess of this group is marrying them like not to each other but to two other specific things from her religion which all three of them have a completely different gods the ways they've been raised but the thing with the the main character here is she has been chosen by odin to have for specific reasons so in this oh yeah not large lady god 
big boobies. Yeah, hot, large, mm-hmm. big-breasted woman, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Odin gives her the ability to escape from these people, and she takes the other captive with her. They don't even speak the same language, but he protects her, which I it was very, very sweet the way it happens because he is in this book kind of portrayed as someone who... he Conan. He reminds me a lot of Conan, but okay. in like the very um, unhinged way where he's just like a killing machine. But the thing of him here is anytime that she is anywhere near danger, he steps in the way to like protect her because she is still a very young girl Mm -hmm. here. Um, But yeah, they protect each other and then they get to a point near the end. I'm going to show you because I thought it was really funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that page. (laughs) They're banging. Um, And there's his wiener. I thought it was really funny. Uh, So yeah. And the noises they're making. Yeah. Um, but they end up escaping and then it kind of obviously ends on like a cliffhanger, but they run into someone who was introduced in the very first book. So I, I absolutely love this book. I love the way my, my greasy hands. I love the way that the story is told because it is, uh, it's told in past tense. So it leads me to believe that like in the last issue, you get to see where she ends Mm -hmm. up and she's telling the story. It's just, it's really, really good. It's, um, just a very good bad idea book. It's good. A very good one. Good. Yes. I do not mind paying the extra few dollars for it, and normally I do. I hate paying way too much for books. Art alone, worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, I got a couple more books. So this is Winchester Mystery House. This is issue number three. This is also a Source Point press book. We love Source Point. Um, so silly. Yeah. So this is just, once again, story of Winchester Mystery House and Sarah Winchester. How it was born. How it was born. This is actually the end of volume one, and they're going to do another volume, which was good because I was like, I don't understand how this is going to end because there's a lot more to this story than like right. what's been happening. So... I enjoy it all the same. It's weird. I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't think I would enjoy it. It's just hard to describe. So I was like, well, it's like, you know, it's stuff I know about. Right. And I think it, it probably fell into the Source Point Press um, case of it's just very strange the way that it's told. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I'll have to let you read the issues because okay. I really liked, I really liked it. I felt like it did a good job of like in like showing you how the people who were working on this house felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then like giving you this idea of like there's like something supernatural going on and then the idea of like this railroad coming in and trying to like take over her land and big businesses. Yeah. Man. So it's like I don't know and I, I might just, like, the two main, like, uh, Sarah Winchester and her niece, whose name I'm blanking out on right now. But, like, I like both of those characters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't know. It's worth it, I think. If you like that story, art's good. The story's interesting. Okay. Is it, like, a horror story, though? Like, how most people tell it is, is horror. I mean, yes and yes, because people are dying. Mm-hmm. But also no, because... No, I would say yes. I'm just okay. not scared. You know, it's like That's, it's yeah. ghosts and like supernatural shit. Yeah, so stuff you don't believe in. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you don't have to tell everybody. 
You don't have to tell everybody that. Even though I don't believe it, I was like, hopefully this house isn't haunted when we moved in. Uh, I think everywhere is haunted. You think... I know this house is not haunted because I've been in places where, like, even though I don't believe in that sort of thing, I know, like, there's straight up, like, some weird shit. Like, some weird... Like, demon portals. Or just, like, some uncomfortable feeling, like... Or, like, the... And I know this house probably just stressed me out. Or the house where I had, like, fucking dreams were like sleep paralysis dreams like constantly and mm-hmm. always would see somebody in the same exact corner all the time like Ooh, we're I, gonna have to swap <laughs> our sleep paralysis stories because i've written all mine down it's oh i will never forget any of mine Ooh. i because I, that house like i had i was just like well i'm fucked up yeah because i'm i hadn't slept like i had basically every night for like a long period of time was having sleep paralysis Oof. And then when I moved into my apartment, it stopped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it was probably stress. Like, it was because I was living with my ex-boyfriend and stuff. But then the part of me is always just like, maybe that house was haunted. And I like, my brain was like, yep. But no. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. So in conclusion, <laughs> Champ pretends to believe in this stuff sometimes. But yeah. most of the time, I it's know, yeah. on the fence. Uh, so now I have devil's reign. This is issue number two of six. This is a Marvel event. and That's a huge event. It is a huge event. There are, like, the Fantastic Four is in mm-hmm. it. Spider-Man's in it, but it's not Spider-Man because if you're reading the main title, Spider-Man, I guess there's a lot of stuff going on. So it's Ben Riley Spider-Man, which I had no idea the first issue. And then the second, this issue, I was just like, who is that motherfucker? Because he yeah. takes off his mask. And then it was like talking about how he's Ben Riley and shit. Can so. I see? Yeah. I but just, the art is The art good. is so good. Geppettos. Yeah. yeah, Ge- yeah. Geppettos. Um, oh, God. It is so good. But yeah, it's it's a good looking book. Uh, Kingpin Wilson Fisk ha- is the mayor. He is trying to basically outlaw heroes and Tony has decided that he wants to run against him to become mayor. And he's kind of like hanging out with a group of of uh, heroes, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Uh, I can't remember who else is with them. A few other people are with them, I'm pretty sure. Daredevil. And they're all like, hey, bro, you're just like another rich white dude. You probably should not run for mayor. Like, we think Luke Luke has a better chance. And Tony Stark is not pleased. <laughs> well, no, because he's a rich white man. You <laughs> um, can't tell him no. But yeah, so Kingpin has a plan. He's been trying to harness the power of Purple Man to take control of New York City to make sure that he can stay mayor without any problems. Doc Ock has been helping him with this, but also has his own plans uh, Electra is dealing with some, I guess, sins of the past, if you will. <laughs> and that's that. That's Devil's Reign. It's a, it's a fun book. I mean, like I said before, I just don't feel like it's anything that hasn't been done necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, yes and no, you know? It looks good, that's all. Yeah, no, it looks it looks very good. Which, and I mean, I, li- I still, like, I love Chip. I, I just hate events like this yeah it is i i think i dislike it so much too when they have to include every single marvel character mm-hmm. in it because i did notice that there were a lot 
Well, like there's the X Men Devil's Reign and like just all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff, and it was like, I, but why? And it's and it's like the reason I wanted to get this is because it is like very like interwoven with the Daredevil run Which, because you have like stuff that's dealing with Electra right. and Daredevil very specifically, and it's a Kingpin story, and I do really enjoy Kingpin as a villain because yeah. he just beats the shit out of children sometimes. That's fair, but like. It's just not it's anything else is like yeah. not necessary. Like yeah. if it was just that and then Daredevil, like it would make sense, right? And, yeah, and I think I think I did special order like the first Devil's Reign, like X Men, and then I did add the Devil's Reign, like Woman Without Fear book. That's that that was fair. I had considered that even though I've never read any of it. It just looked really good. Yeah, I was just interested in how because especially with what this is, it's you know Kingpin outlawing superheroes. So how. I'm interested in that connection with the X-Men world yeah, enough to yeah. check out that first issue, but not necessarily enough to like stay, stay on, on it. it. Yeah, I know it's only like three issues or something, but yeah, I get that. That makes sense. But yeah, and then they have a uh, the villains one. Like, there's several different like Devil's Reigns, like little one or two minis. Right, Just, like, stupid. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Hate it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Thanks. That's the saying, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so now this is Batman Detective. This is issue... 46? Yeah. Yeah, I remembered. This is Dan Mora's last detective issue, which makes me very sad. <laughs> yeah, it's the final conclusion to Fear State, and it's going to be leading into Shadows of the Bat. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so it is literally just tying up all loose ends while opening other ones to start this new story. It is fantastic. You get a little cute guest appearance from a Once in Future character. I don't want to say who because I really want you guys to like just mm-hmm. read it because I loved it. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much Yeah, it. that's it. Why? I've seen this Shadows of the Bat ad like a billion times and I'm like, is that what it's called? It would be at the end of this one. Because, okay. yeah, Shadows of the Bat. Yep. So, yeah, the it's... saga of Arkham Tower continues in next month's Detective Comics weekly event, Shadows of the Bat. That weekly, is what the, bitch, the second story in Detective is about is um, about Arkham Tower that is being built to house people differently than Arkham Asylum did because they're trying to do good for the people now rather than just locking them away. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird. Heather and I were talking about it before we started recording. And, How dare us. Uh, I don't know. I'll keep this on my pull file because I have oddly liked it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because also it has been like, I feel like a few different people from the Bat family. I don't know. It's been... Or if I have just literally been... Oh, Dan Mora hasn't done the art like every single yeah, no, issue either. I've really enjoyed them. Uh, I didn't know what to expect when I first started reading it because I'd never... Mm. I'd never read Batman Detective before. Oh, I've never yeah, even like, this is my first, Yeah, this yeah. is my first time. I didn't... I guess when I started it, I didn't realize that there was like the main story and then there was also a story at the end, which I also did not realize a lot of Batman books do that. That's just a thing DC's been doing. Yeah, I, I had I had no idea. So I've been really enjoying it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, it's like something DC's been yeah. doing last like year, and it just really introduces um, a lot of new stories that I would have never checked out mm-hmm. otherwise. So oh, for sure, I really do enjoy these books. So I am also going to keep it on for a while. Just I'm 
I mean, interested. a weekly event might be too much, might push me over the edge of being like, no. It's never too much for me. A weekly... Okay. It's way too much for yeah. me. That was, I, was, <laughs> I know, I know. Go, go, go. Go, okay. go, go, go. So I'm going to talk about this book. Uh, this is Critical Role, The Tales of Exandria, The Bright Queen. This is just the history of the Bright Queen. Um, That's also by the guy who did... Uh, Darcy? Yeah. Darcy Van Polgeest. So Little, little Bird. That's, oh, that's, little that's bird. why the name looked familiar. Okay. I, mean, I think we've had this conversation every time, but yeah, yes. <laughs> it still looks familiar every time. So this, I mean, if you haven't, if you don't know anything about the lore of Critical Role and the, the world of Exandria, then it's not going to make any sense to you. So I'm not going to talk too much about this, but if you are a fan of any of that, then I would recommend these books because... It really goes more into the history of these characters in this world that has been built by Matthew Mercer and the crew. Um, it's very interesting. I do. I I enjoy it a lot. I think it's very um, fun, enjoyable, and very creative. It's very creative. I myself am quite confused by some of the things that happen in here, mm-hmm. just because I have not. I'm not completely caught up on everything because that's like 230 episodes of like four to six hours of them playing. And so it it does get to be a lot, but I still enjoyed this one a lot because it just explains the light. That's all I'm going to say. It doesn't mean anything if you don't know what it is, but that means absolutely nothing to me. But the art in this is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, the art is so good. I love, love, love the colors. The shadows are really well done. Mm -hmm. I love the gay in this. There's a lot of gay. I love the violence. Yeah. Love the violence in this because it's it's so subtle that you don't really see what's going on like Mm -hmm. here. Like you see it there and then you see what actually happened. Yeah. Like it's, the story is told so well, and I'm glad that Matthew Mercer does have something to do with the writing of these comics because he is obviously just, he's a great storyteller, and I love being able to read it rather than just listening to it. Yeah, I think that's the problem with podcasts. Like, I'd rather read, like, the, the stuff than, Right, like, and uh... that's, like, that's part of the reason why I've been, like, picking up all of these comics mm-hmm. is I just haven't listened to it in a long time. So reading it is easier, and I feel like I understand more than, like, listening to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have Swamp Thing Green Hell number one. This is uh, a Jeff Lemire book and Doug Menke. I did not pick that up. I yeah, it I was weird. I thought that. Menke, right? Yeah. Um, and then David Barron and Steve Oh, that art is so good. Colors, and then Steve Wong does the letters. Yeah, I have, like, I go back and forth on some of the art, but I I do really like it. Uh, This book was really great. Mm -hmm. I had somebody ask me earlier if they, like, needed to be familiar with Swamp Thing to read it, and I, I don't feel like you need to because, in my personal opinion... That looks great. I mean, in my experience, I have read a little Alan Moore Swamp Thing. I've read Swamp Thing just kind of like in general within the DC universe. Just like, you know, he pops up. Then I've read that Ram Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. And then I've read this. So I don't have like a lot of Swamp Thing experience. Right. But I was able to 
very much pick it up and read it without any problems. Like, I, I enjoyed myself. The art is really good. There's some really great, like, spreads, like, full-page spreads. Uh, I don't really, I don't know. I know I need to talk about what's in there, but I also am just like, you definitely should pick it up. Because uh, it's hard. It's hard. So it feels kind of post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. People have kind of, like, gone in one place. Other people have gone another. They're somewhat feuding, or at least one group is like trying to strong arm and steal stuff from another group uh there are i'm trying to like parliaments of like different like got like god type things who are calling upon the green to help them destroy humans and they end up like giving somebody the power of swamp thing to kill humans Okay. And so the humans have to escape to a man who lives in a lighthouse to help them. Okay. And that is that's what I'll say. It sounds interesting and like based off of the art there, I know that I would enjoy it. So I'm going to I I mean, I, I think you yeah, out. I was saying I think you would like it. I think it's it's hard to describe like I said I don't think you have to be like super familiar with Swamp Thing. I think right. you just have to like know who has been Swamp Thing. I think you have to know like, I'm, maybe not even that because I'm sure they like, Jeff Lemire might fill in the blanks but. Right. I mean I think if you have just like a basic understanding of who Swamp Thing is then you can understand. Yeah. Like enjoy yeah, the book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it a lot so. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> okay. Only a couple more books to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we have DC vs. Vampires. This is issue number three. Yes. And this book is so fun. I love this This is like book. legitimately yeah. fun. Yeah. So uh, vampires are slowly taking over the DC universe, uh, infiltrating the Justice League. Batman is doing his investigating on trying to figure out who exactly is it is. Tensions are high within the world because nobody trusts each other. And that causes quite a few problems. Um, and, and the best part is the bad guy is like, I don't know who did this. That's my favorite part. Of He's like, <laughs> well, who is the bad guy? Shucks. Who could have done that? It's, it's very good. Uh, I love absolutely, absolutely love this book. The uh, Tynan uh, Rosenberg, great storytelling. And then Otto Schmidt does the art. So beautiful. Yeah. I have a, like, yeah, this book, every time I read it, I'm having a good time. And it's weird, like, just, because it feels just so campy in it a does. weird way where yeah. you're just, like, you feel like you're watching, like, some 1960s, like, hammer horror film. Like, why are they acting like <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, like, this is... Uh, yeah. It's just genuinely a good time. Yeah, I, I highly suggested it. The art is really great. I think the story is really, like, interesting, the way they're telling it and the way they're kind of, like, dealing with it. And I do love, like, that stupid, heavy-handed, like, yeah, bad guy being like, who's the bad guy, though? Yeah, because he thinks he's, like, smarter than everyone yeah. else. But anytime that he gets, like, called out on shit, he's like... <laughs> Well, <laughs> I guess you're right. Now are you ready to become a vampire? It's so good. It's yeah. so good. I love how each of these characters is like And it's funny because I just wasn't going to get this because I was like, I can't mm-hmm. fucking do this again. Can't do a deceased again. It's so, But it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. And now, 
This is our last book to talk about today. This is May's book. This is issue number five. I'm going to say spoilers right now because I think the best, the only way for us to talk about this is to like straight up ruin it for everybody. Yes. This book is solely about grief and how to handle it, I, I guess. Do you think it's funny? I feel like we read a lot of books about like grief. <laughs> like I think we read a lot of books like this. Yeah. Like cuz like, you know, Many Deaths of Loyola Star was this year too. Mm-hmm. Like and this is not within that same vein, but also within that same vein. It's more I mean or is it just I like people like try to get their grief out via comic books? See, I was going <laughs> to And then I we're think, just the fools that end up reading them. Yeah. I think I think the Many Deaths of Layla Star was about accepting death and the fact that everyone does die and to appreciate your life while you have it whereas this is more about accepting the grief that comes with death mm-hmm. which is you can you can know that it's going to be there but experiencing it yourself is very very different and mm-hmm. everyone obviously experiences grief differently and I don't know I I can't imagine what it's like to lose a kid oh yeah no um that's a joke (laughs) uh and yes in in a a different sense um but yeah no this is about a father's grief and how how can he move forward from it when he hasn't even accepted the fact that she is gone i mean i think too it's also about how grief controls you yes how it controls like your ability to just live your life and like experience life and how you disconnect from those things because all you want to feel or be is like with this human being again and then the idea of the maze too is also very much like intertwined with that because that is what grief is it is a maze you have to have to find your way through that maze to find yourself again or find that little semblance of happiness like, because you don't want to be happy once you lose somebody. Because, right. you know, like, I think the biggest problem with, like, life and death and how we view all of these things is, like, we can't be happy when somebody dies. Because we're not, you know. But you can't necessarily, like, this, like, let it just eat you alive and never escape it until, like, you have no choice. But, like... You know, like, you have those memories of people. Once again, like, going back to, like, many deaths, you just have to, like, live with those, like, memories and those things that just, like, are meaningful to you so you can move on. And I just, yeah, like, that's what I loved about this book. I loved that, like, message where his daughter was very much, like, you have to let go. Yeah. Like, you can't keep holding on because... Because if you don't let go, you're going to be stuck here. Yeah. And you're not going to do... You're not going to be anything. You're not going to do anything. You need to just... That's what I was going to say. My favorite line in this book is, but if you stay here now, you'll never be anything else. That's where I just started, like, crying at work because it just destroyed me because, of course, you don't want to continue living your life when that person is no longer there. But you have to. Mm -hmm. And you you can decide how your life is going to be. But if you don't ever take that next step and move on, then you're going to be stuck in that same place forever. And it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And it's not nice. And it's not fun. And it's also not helpful. It's not. It's not. Nothing... 
And I and this book also says that like nothing is gonna bring that person back. Right. Not even magic. Not even magic that you think exists that you are like, I'm going through this wall, I'm doing these things, like it's gonna bring this human being back. Like we don't I'm gonna say this in like the most like terrible ways, like we don't live in a comic book world. You know, we don't live in the DC and Marvel universe. When we lose someone, they're like gone. they're gone. They're, they're gone. not coming back. And yeah, it's just I, I I love this book. I like the acceptance of it yeah. really really got me because I thought for sure that he was going to find stay. her. And then, yeah, but for it to be just like a whole like hypothetical situation, and then him just being like, "Yeah, you're right. I need to. It's been this long. I I need to move on because mm-hmm. if I'm going." The way that I'm going now, then I'm soon going to be with you. And then everything was just for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I know this, I love this book. I, I do, like, I think I, we once again have this conversation a lot or we say this a lot. I, I think if you deal, have dealt with death or grief, I think this book would be like a very almost cathartic way to look at it, like, mm-hmm. or go through it. And like, cause it is one of those things where, Sometimes you need that little extra, like, push. Because mm, it's not easy. Like, losing someone isn't easy. Losing anything isn't easy. Mm-mm. And being able to deal with that, continue living and seeing the silver linings and, like, who matters and what matters is, like, you know, the most important thing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that it, 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 those kind of books just hit really, really hard for many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I don't know. It, it's just really good. It's really good. I think it has a really good message. The story is told really well. It's wrapped up beautifully mm-hmm. within five issues and there's not a lot of words in it, which yeah, is, it, it's, it is. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because after that last issue, neither one of us were sure how it was going to end. Mm-hmm. And even through the whole thing, I was like, I don't know how it's going to wrap itself up without, you know, being weird and disjointed. But it, right. it, is, it is so good. It's perfect. It, it wraps itself up without really a thought. Like, it, there is a thought, but you right. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, it's very, it like, it it's seamless. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't too try hard it just was yeah it it was very well done and relatable Mm -hmm. and i don't know jeff lemire is a fairly talented writer i think he's i i don't know i have almost nothing but good things to say about him most of the time so it's fair i've never read a jeff lemire book that i didn't like all right so that's it that's all we have today we're gonna go cry yeah Um, (laughs) so thanks for listening to us take care of each other be good uh we love you thanks for all your support we're never gonna stop doing this until we die never and even then we're gonna keep going because you know why we're not gonna die beyond the grave all right so we'll see you on the flippity flip later i'm getting there on the menjays